Hey guys, Jim Cox, FFG Advisors, Park Avenue Securities, and I'm here today with an interview with Stephanie Morales. Um, we had connected and I learned a little bit about her story. She um, is living in California right now, but she was in Puerto Rico. She's from Puerto Rico, and she was there during the hurricane. So I wanted to kind of get an idea of her experience and um, just kind of what it's like to have gone through that uh, that nightmare. So, Stephanie, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity for sharing my story. Awesome. So, um, you were you were born in Puerto Rico? Yes. Um, I was born in Puerto Rico, and I lived my whole life in the little island of Vieques, which is a tiny little island on the east of Puerto Rico, but it's part of Puerto Rico. So that island was on the east side. Did did it, I imagine it pretty much took a direct hit from the hurricane, is that correct? Or? Yeah, basically we, we were one of the most affected areas of the whole um, situation. Wow. What so? What's your background? How did you end up in California then, after the hurricane? Well, basically after the hurricane passed, um, a friend from here in Santa Cruz, his name Alex Mundo, he was in a previous interview. Mm -hmm. He went over there to Puerto Rico. He was doing a disaster relief, doing um, a lot of help from. Of family and friends that donated um, first aid things and and then he was distributing stuff around the island and I offered some help and we became friends and then he offered me to help me out if I decided to come to California and eventually when the stores and restaurants started opening up after the aftermath um, I took two jobs, one as a butcher in a in a supermarket, and another as a cook in a small hotel. And I worked from four in the morning to like six or seven at night, with no breaks between the two jobs. And I worked seven days a week to be able to save money to eventually move to California. Wow. Um, so. How long did it take for the economy to get restarted after the hurricane in, in Puerto Rico? Well, it took a while. It took about like three months until at least for my area to start um, some places to open up. Um, but it was like limited services, like limited items in the, in the supermarkets because like since we were without any water or electricity stuff, started going bad, so they had to throw away a lot of things, a lot of food, and we were mostly selling um, canned goods, and then um, about, I would say like four months after the hurricane, we started receiving um, like fresh meats and produce to the, to the like hotels and to the supermarkets, and that's when we sort of started um selling more stuff and developing, like, the sales a little more. But, yeah, it took a while. 
supposed to like try to get back on and selling stuff. Um, I assume you still have family in Puerto Rico. Have you talked to them recently? Well, yeah, I, um, most of my family left to different states between Texas and Pennsylvania and New York and mm. um, Colorado. So we're pretty spread out right now. I haven't really seen my family in more than a year now. Wow. Um, and my dad and stepmom and sister are still in Puerto Rico, and my mom also is back to her house, uh, where we spent the hurricane on. Thankfully, her house made it through. Um, but yeah, we're all separated now. All my nieces and nephews, my sisters and brothers, they're all over the U.S. right now, so we're trying to start new lives and start from nothing and develop ourselves to be someone. Do you plan on going back there in, in terms of in terms of living there or well for now um, I'm really in a really good situation. I have a great job, a great team and it it seems really promising is I'm developing my career a little more over here so I'll probably stay here for a while. I don't have any plans to come back just yet. I do want to go and visit my, my parents at some point, probably next year. Mm-hmm. Or try to visit my, my, the, my, the rest of my family as I can. But for now, I'm just trying to focus on um, developing a life here. Where your, uh, where your mom's at, have they been able to reestablish water and power, or is that still kind of touch and go? Well, we have water, thankfully, and um, our uh, the little island of Vieques, we had power from the main island, but um, the cables, I think they were underwater, and they broke, and right now we're running on generators and solar. Um, some of the solar was donated by Tesla, the company, hmm. and... Yeah, there's still some parts of Puerto Rico that still don't have electricity, and there's even parts that still don't have water service, and yeah, just a lot of, it, it was it was really bad. Almost all of the wooden structures were like completely destroyed, the whole power grid got down. It was just really, really bad, and since the hurricanes was just one after the other, basically, mm-hmm. um, what the first one didn't take down, the other one just completely wiped it out. You said your mom's house did uh, well in terms of withstanding the the hurricane. Um, is it is it more of a stone or a brick structure, or why did it stand up better? Yeah, it's a it's a concrete house. Uh. Um, yeah, it was, um, reinforced concrete, I think it's what they call it. Um, yeah, that's where my family and I, um, went through the hurricane. It was in her house. Um, but thankfully it made it through. Some of the windows broke and water started going in. And, like, there was, like, half a foot of water in the house while we were there trying to survive the hurricane. But thankfully... Um, no, no huge damage to the structure, and we made it out alive. Basically. You mentioned, um, you know, all the wooden structures got destroyed. Um, you know, there's been a lot of, um, 
guess, differences in terms of the numbers of people who lost their lives in the hurricane, but I would imagine that with that kind of damage, a lot of people would have been injured and killed. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so, in the beginning, what they were saying, it was like 69 people died or something like that. But yeah. in, in the end, um, Harvard did a study and other people have like done the research and there, there has been like thousands of people that died, not just 69 people like um, they were saying in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I imagine with that kind of damage, it, the numbers would just have to be a lot higher. It's, it's. How would somebody survive yeah, something was, like that? It was terrible. It was really, really intense and it was destructive, and a lot of people lost their lives during the hurricane, and a lot of them lost their lives because of the aftermath, because of the consequences, and aid not being there on time. Just like the the number that. The number is between the actual hurricane passing through and the aftermath of it. Wow. So what, I mean, is this the worst hurricane that's hit Puerto Rico, or is this um, kind of typical in terms of what happens in terms of storms hitting the island? Well, we have one really huge one called Eagle. Um, quite a few years ago, I wasn't born, um, I think it was in the 80s or something like that. But, um, the rest of the hurricanes that have passed through is like category one, two, three, and north. And they most, most of the time just, um, go either north or south of the island and don't really hit us directly. But this has been like the biggest natural disaster that has hit Puerto Rico in history. What do you think, um, how do you think Puerto Rico can recover from what's happened? Like, what do you think should be done in order to, to get things put back together? Well, basically, there's a lot of corruption in the government right now, and making, like, weird decisions, making new laws, and I don't know if they would focus on, like, um restructuring the electric grid um, correctly because the one we had was like ancient and it, it, everybody knew that it was going to go down because it was super old with bad maintenance and um, we knew it wasn't going to survive the hurricane. They should just restructure as they can like um, with a better system and state-of-the-art um materials and whatnot just make it better from the beginning instead of like making it cheaper mm -hmm. or to like work faster mm -hmm. but also like making houses not made of wood and making them stronger because it's it's, it's in the Caribbean a lot of hurricanes pass through and it's normal but not not this huge, it's never been like so bad, but uh, because of climate change and all the issues that's been going on with like global warming and all this, it's, it's just going to make storms stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. So we should start building up uh, to be ready for these. Because if they keep making um, 
cheap houses is going to get destroyed by the next hurricane that comes. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's a waste of money and effort. It's why keep... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if they do it good from the beginning, they don't have to, like, remake everything from scratch and the next time a hurricane comes by. So with so thinking along those lines, like your mom's house was reinforced concrete, is mm-hmm. that house in good shape now? Is it, you know, functioning? Yeah, it's in and good shape now. We, um, she fixed the doors, she fixed the windows, thankfully. Um, but yeah, um, my mom's my mom's house is pretty okay now. Where I used to live, I used to live with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And her house is um, on a hill in front of the beach. So that house basically got, like, the worst part of the hurricane. And the hurricane completely blew away the whole windows and doors with rain and everything. It just blew off. Mm-hmm. And the second story had, like, three feet of water in it. Wow. It ridiculous. When we... When we um, moved one of the doors that was kind of like bent to the side we moved it it looked like a waterfall when the water started coming up Hmm. and my room got completely destroyed i lost about two thousand dollars in equipment and books and all the stuff i gotten together throughout the years for my career and i guess i'm in the culinary industry i had like a lot of knives and equipment and books and about $2,000 worth of stuff that I had just from kitchen equipment. It just blew away. I lost all my my clothes, my my bed, my everything. So basically I had nothing after the hurricane passed through. With, um, from what you know of people who were in Puerto Rico... Did insurance cover any of the losses that that people suffered? Well, some people had some insurance, but it didn't cover the whole thing. And there were a lot of companies that came that supposedly were going to give us aid. But um, if we go see the news um, from Puerto Rico, we keep seeing people that are corrupt, people that stole um, other uh, the victim's money, like they came, then they say they were going to fix the house and whatnot, they gave them money, and then they just left with the money. Mm. Or they're reporting um, damages, like over-reporting damages that were not, like, real, mm-hmm. and they were receiving um, money to fix it, but they were just keeping the money and stealing from people and from aid. So it's been a really, like, sad situation because of the corruption and all the people trying to, like, get money from everywhere. And, yeah, it's just been bad. It's been terrible. So the corruption and kind of the theft of what's going on to re- in the recovery is really kind of a, a second or a third disaster that people end up going through as a result of what happened. Yeah. Do you see, um, from what you know of people who are still uh, in Puerto Rico, or even people who, I guess, left Puerto Rico, do you see signs of, like, stress or PTSD from what they've experienced? Yeah, 
Yeah, there were a lot of suicides um, shortly after hurricanes. Even kids in, like, there was a a, a kid that jumped out of their up his or her school building and just committed suicide because she couldn't deal with the stress. Wow. I must, myself was um, in pretty bad shape. Um, um, I remember, like, something that was really shocking to me is um, about a month or two after the hurricane, I was um, in the plaza, and there was a lot of people there. Just, like, since we didn't have any power or communication or anything, people started gathering in the plaza and trying to do, like, um, community um, activities and stuff to, like, pass time. Mm-hmm. And then one day there was, like, a strange rain. Cause it, out of the door, it started, like, pouring down rain and, like, really crazy winds. It, it lasted for, like, five minutes. It was really odd. But I remember um, the people started to cry. Like, it, almost everybody was just, like, it, freaking out or crying. It, yeah, or it triggered like, them, right? It, it just triggered the memory of what they went through. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, wow. like everybody, like ev- everywhere I saw, there were just people crying or freaking out or nervous, and and it, it really shook me because, like, wow, we are all of us are pretty traumatized after this. Yeah, and and, and it was it was um, really sad, and people started like hugging each other, and everyone was silent, and it was just a very shocking moment. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, PTSD is is tough to, it's something that I think doesn't go away, but I mean, the only, the only solution is really to, you know, just kind of unconditional love, and it's to um, create new, new experiences to try to diffuse what happened, um, but that's tough to create positive experiences in a an environment which is so filled with negativity. Yeah, definitely. When every single person around you like went through the same thing, and yeah. you see all around, and there's like broken buildings, and we don't have water, or we don't have electricity. We're trying to like figure things out, and and it was just like a very sad and grim situation for quite a few months. Like super depressed, and thankfully there were some people who were like trying to do fun activities for all like the community to like be positive. Um, I myself volunteered to help out. I volunteered um, cooking for the community so they could eat for free um, with um, food that was donated. And I tried to volunteer and get an order of clothes for people that didn't come in. And um, bringing aid for people who couldn't really get out of their house. We rented um, Alex and I, we rented um, a small golf cart because over there it's legal to drive golf carts in the regular road because it's a small island. And we basically just um, fill up a bunch of um, water and aid and, and food and we went to like the remote areas of the island to bring um, these things to people in need that 
they were elderly or sick and they couldn't get out of their house and aid wasn't being provided to them. Mm. So yeah, like I, it was, it was nice to see the community getting together and then trying to deal with the situation and trying to like bring each other on um, support. Hmm. What um, what advice would you have for people who you know haven't gone through that experience? Like, what what do you have to say to to people for them to better understand? Well, basically, it's it's kind of difficult because. Um, if you're having a normal life and everything is fine around you, you don't really think about these things. Mm-hmm. And people might be, oh, wow, that is so sad, what happened here and what happened over there. But when you actually live it yourself, when you see that you go to your house and everything is all destroyed, and your home, your everything is just gone, and all you have is basically the clothes you have on, um, and you see so much loss and devastation all around you. It's, it's, it's. I can't even explain how how much it hurt. It was just like, wow, what do I do now? How, I don't. I didn't even know how to react in the beginning. I was just in shock. Mm-hmm. Like seeing my hometown just completely destroyed. It's a very powerful experience in my life and it basically made me um, appreciate everything I have just a lot more and be thankful I still have my family with me and I didn't lose them Yeah. and it's just difficult to explain someone that has never experienced it because they can kind of imagine it but like actually living it in the flesh is, is completely different no, I completely. It's a whole new, like, way of thinking now. Yeah, and I think that's the truth: is we have to wrap our minds around a completely different way of thinking about things. I mean, you look at like what's going on or what's happened with um, Sandy with the hurricane in Florida this year that wiped yeah. out uh, that city, with the one that hit North Carolina and. You yeah, know, and even the fires here in California. It's, fires, yeah. It's crazy. Like, all over the world, all these catastrophes are happening. And and it's all driven by climate change. Yeah, it's all driven by climate mm-hmm. change, which nobody can wrap their Definitely. heads around. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I still can't believe that there are people that don't believe in climate change. They just had to, like, turn on the, the news and watch, like, all the disasters that have been happening. Not just hurricanes, but, like, the fires, the the earthquakes, the tsunamis, the, the drought, the, mm-hmm. the flooding. It's all over the world. And it's, like, the, the, the things are happening in our faces. And people keep saying climate change is a, is a fraud. And I don't know. I don't... I can't understand um, those people. Well, I think what happens is there's it's the disconnect from having gone gone through it. They haven't experienced it, and they don't have the 
Yeah, exactly. The, um, they, they don't really, like, have lived um, these types of things. Um, but even that, like, I've never been through uh, such a bad catastrophe. But, like, it's not a thing about believing or not. It's not, like, believing in a religion or not. It's that these are situations that are happening right now. These are yeah. facts. Yeah. It's not something you believe in. It's something that's happening whether you believe it or not. It's right in our faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and going after, going through this um, just make me um, reassure that, man, this is really happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat today. I mean, I know it has to be hard to kind of talk about, you know, what you experienced. And, you know, I hope I didn't, you know, inflict any any hardship you know, or pain. It's okay. I, I actually like being able to, like, share my story. I've done it in my workplace. And it's good to see that even if I went through all this stuff, I can inspire other people to... Um, look at their problems differently mm-hmm. and just appreciate what they have more appreciate that they have their family with them and like it, it I feel like I went through this for a reason so I can like help other people like open their eyes to be grateful for what they have mm-hmm. and yeah I, it, it's no problem being able to share what I went through awesome well, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat today and, you know, share your story. And, you know, if you ever want to talk, any, uh, I'd love to learn more about, you know, what you're doing or what, you know, just what you're going through. So, um, I mean, please stay in touch and, you know, we'll talk more in the future. Of course. Thank uh, you very much for the opportunity of sharing Sounds good. Thanks, Stephanie. I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right.